dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going we have accomplished something tremendous here uh i believe not counting uh you know mario is missing and mario teaches typing i think we have now finished the 2d og mario's like the mainline, right? I mean, because Super Mario Land and all those, like those, those aren't mainline. Those don't count. <laughs> yeah, aside from all of the ones that don't count, yes, we have completed all the two D Marios. <laughs> so, but I mean, of- <laughs> if you if you ask someone to list, <laughs> yes, other than the ones that don't count, if you ask someone yeah. to list like yeah. the Super Mario games in order, the the main uh-huh. series games, they would say. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, right? I, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I like, I, I, everything about this is grading against the scientist in me. I have not done the legwork or the research. <laughs> I've just got, I got, I got one anecdotal piece of evidence. <laughs> it was, it was led <laughs> off by and marked by, except for the ones that don't count. I so, don't, I don't think anyone considers the lands as mainline. I just, I, I, tentatively yes I, <laughs> i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just not I, agreeing with you yet i appreciate your politician's demeanor to not upset the hardcore super mario land fans yeah yeah no no i just i, I don't know why like that's like one of the things that somebody said this is true right i'm like i don't i, I haven't done the research i haven't done the research <laughs> please don't make me the authority on this <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yes yes tentatively yes that is correct i'll take it <laughs> so we played super mario brothers 3 for the nintendo entertainment system which shockingly came out in 1988 1988 yeah that that seems i mean i feel like the original super mario brothers should have come out about that time you know yeah, like right that that feels closer because I mean that means that because I mean I remember like playing Super Mario Brothers and then playing Super Mario Brothers three, like it was like a new thing you know. But I was definitely not playing either when I was three. That's weird. Yeah. Or, well, or and, seven or however old I was. Don't and don't. to be fair, there was probably a year of localization, right? So Super Mario Brothers three probably came out in Japan in eighty seven. Mm-hmm. This is the North American release date, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that we will go into in greater detail is that part of the reason it's almost unbelievable that this game would have been on the Nintendo at all is because they crammed a bunch of extra technology into the cartridge, right? Which was common near the end of the Nintendo's life cycle. But this had, I think, the last chip they ever made. So if you put this game side by side with Super Mario Brothers, you would understandably be like, how could these have been on the same console? And you are right to feel that way. <laughs> We we have not played Super Mario Brothers two, the actual Super Mario Brothers two. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're bringing that one in, then we have to play the lands as well. We have to play the lands as well, and we also have to play Mario Brothers. I did say Super Mario Brothers, though. You did, you I, did, I, you did. I'll give you that. He was careful. About that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's, fine. We just added like seven more games to the backlog. Oh, no. More more, more games made by Nintendo. Somebody's Uh, really good at making Mario and protective of their IP. (laughs) How will we survive? We we do have to add Mario is missing and Mario teaches typing, apparently. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, oh, and uh, Mario um, uh, Music Maker. Is that? Do do you mean Mario Paint? Yeah. What did I say? (laughs) I think you said Mario Paint. So yeah, I said Mario Paint. Yeah. What are uh, <laughs> what are your nostalgia goggles for the Super Mario Brothers three? Oh, I mean, I I I totally owned this and just played it into the ground. You know, um, this is <laughs> this this was one of the games that was sacred enough that it was never the cartridge that I also shoved into the Nintendo to keep the thing down, so that way it would work. <laughs> That's, you know that's stupid <laughs> you know the japanese did not have that problem because the famicom was a top loader yeah it just right? loaded into the top. yeah the yeah. only the american one had to you know you shoved a wad of paper or something in there to hold it down <laughs> so like there were there were game cartridges like uh excite bike was you know like i occasionally like shove in there to you know like hold the thing down but and i didn't i didn't want to put mario in there because you know it, it, it could get broken and um this was <laughs> this was also one that I remember like just playing not only playing the ever loving mess out of it but playing the ever loving mess out of it with game genie like all mm. the time man this was a great a great game genie game because the cheats for it were awesome and they really did enhance the game you know whereas opposed to like a lot of times a lot of the game genie cheats were you know play less of the game you know <laughs> like yeah, jump to the end and then be done <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like this one was like be, you know, Tanuki Mario all the time. Never not be Tanuki Mario. And well, yes, the fact that you're basically invincible all the time is is one thing, but there was some like odd satisfaction about just going up to one of the the Koopa kids and just having him wail on you and you just staring stone-faced at him literally and you know, just eating the damage. Ah, oh, it was satisfying. But yeah, no, I just Koopalings. 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 Hmm. Okay, I, 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 I buy it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's my. I, I owned it, played played it within an inch of its life, played it till it stopped working. How about you? Uh, so I also owned it and played it within an inch of its life. But this is also a game that I have crystal clear memories of the cover of the Nintendo Power, where he's like looking at the camera and he's kind of off to the side so that you can see the raccoon tail, right? He's sort mm-hmm. of in that like, hey, look, it's me, Mario, but with a raccoon tail. I did, this was, this is probably the Nintendo Power that launched a thousand Nintendo Power subscriptions because oh yeah, a lot. That was the issue. That was basically a strategy guide for the game because Americans mm-hmm. were just not totally prepared for this. Like, I mean, we adapted super fast, but there was like a shock and awe at the beginning where it was like, Oh my God, this is, it's big and it's hard. And ah, right. So, uh, I definitely had this Nintendo power. I definitely had this game. And this is one of the few games that I have memories over the course of my life of like indulging in the, the like behind the scenes. Right. So I know more behind Mm -hmm. the scenes stuff about this game than about most of the games I've played because it, it was just such an icon. Like it was such a piece of, of, everything like anyone who played video games anywhere in the world played this game if you played games from this time period ever 
like did you did you know that one of the things that boosted Mario Brothers 3 popularity in the US was the fact that before it was released it was featured in a cameo in the movie The Wizard which was basically one long commercial for video games but but man it was like <laughs> oh my god we actually got to see it so yeah 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 and 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 yeah weird weird stuff like that right and and weird stuff like i like i took that movie at face value because it was the kid from the wonder years and i loved the wonder <laughs> years Right. And it's, it's, it's the kid from the princess bride and I love the princess, right? Like there's just, Mm -hmm. there's this whole weird marketing machine that was happening to make that game the smash success aside from whether or not the game was any good. Like it's the first game I remember there being like public awareness of. And if you ask, like I said, anyone who played games from this time in history, not even was alive and playing games, but like went back to play older games there's a really good chance this made it onto their list. And and that's, it's, I think rare for a game that was already in this popular franchise on this like revolutionary home gaming system to be like, you know, Oh, name some Nintendo games, super Mario brothers three. Right. It's like, yep. no matter how they felt about it, like that's probably in the first like five games that anybody would name on the Nintendo, maybe even ahead yeah, of super Mario, super brothers. Mario brothers. Yeah. Agreed. Now, and actually one other uh, nostalgia thing for me is I, in the third grade, I think I went as raccoon Mario for, for Halloween. Nice. I, I, I remember that specifically because my, <laughs> my mom got, you know, a little hat and she got, um, I forgot what it was, but it was basically like one of those like paint roller type of materials and then oh, just sure. like painted it like thing and like stuck it to the butt. And I just like, I spun around the house. So <laughs> I knocked over so many things, you know, I was, a there was, was a not disaster. a vase or lamp that was, safe. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was almost as bad as link with the pots, you know, like it's just, <laughs> it's like, Oh no, raccoon Mario's come in. Everybody hide the pots. But uh, yeah, oh man, I, I just play, I played this game so much. So it, it, I think we both kind of to to any anybody listening with like an objective third party view, they're like, well, these guys are comp- compromised. The answer is yeah, but we've lived better lives than you. So yeah, well, and also, um, it's kind of the central conceit of the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. here's how we remember it. Did it hold up? We actually have a whole segment in the chapter markers that you can jump to if you're listening right now and you want to see if the through line that you're predicting came true. Um, I will say that uh, just to kind of, you know, pat ourselves on the back a little bit. um, Thanks. You know, new Twitch followers, new subscribers, new uh, donators, new Patreon people. Um, I only got to play this game on stream a little bit and I didn't finish it on stream because, um, harder than i remembered i did end up beating the game no game genie required uh but this was actually harder in reality than it was (laughs) in my memory so uh if anybody came and hung out while i was playing it and i totally dropped that pg-13 facade and there was just f-bombs flying everywhere um i apologize if you had little kids in the room excellent so uh visuals they're impossible. And I mentioned this at the top, right? But this game, uh, like a lot of late stage Nintendo games had hardware in the cartridge, right? So Mm -hmm. the game is literally capable of doing things that the Nintendo is not capable of doing. 
and that it means can do things that the Nintendo don't. It yes, Nintendo does what Nintendo don't. It, it's, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I I like these graphics a lot for the most part. Um, but this game, if you look at it side by side with Super Mario Brothers, you'd be like, these can't possibly be on the same hardware. And it's like, you're kind Correct. of right. They're yeah. they're sort of not on the same hardware. And that was. That's something that has continued to actually be true for Mario games over time is Mario games are not Call of Duty. It's not a yearly franchise, right? It's not Madden. They they sort of wait until they have new input methods or new graphical power, often both because Nintendo's Nintendo. And I don't honestly believe this game would have existed if they had not had the ability to shove those ships into the cartridges. I think they would have waited for the Super Nintendo or whatever was going to come next because... See- it, it's just so graphically intense. Like it's everything is redone. There's no reuse anywhere. So, so that's interesting because I actually watched a video on this pr- prior to us saying that we were going to play it, you know, cause again, like it's, it's super Mario brothers three. Like, you know, you, you it, now, I don't think cu- it cultural phenomenon. You, you have like a pass on, yeah. I, I have looked into this on my own time. Yeah, because it's like I just did it because I was interested in it. You know, it would be like if we did an episode on like a, a chemistry app, and it was just kind of <laughs> like, well, I've, I've got some background in this. Um, so interestingly, uh, one of the things that kind of happened with this was that so there was Super Mario Brothers, which was a huge, huge, amazing hit, right? So then they made um, Super Mario Brothers the two, two. the actual Super it, Mario Brothers. It, it two. was called the Lost Levels when they brought it to him. Like here, yeah, correct. Um, but actually, the American progenitor of of Nintendo here basically said, "Like, I'm not going to release that here for two reasons. One is it's way too hard, and two, it's the same game. Like, why would anybody buy this? It looks exactly the same. So that was like one of the things that kind of pushed them to say, like, okay, if we were going to create a new Mario game, it has to look different. It has to be a different game. It can't be like what we now know as Call of Duty. So." I actually believe that, um, to your point, is that now Nintendo, you know, like if they they won't do a thing unless they, they won't do a new Mario game unless they have a new way to do a Mario game, you know, to make jumping interesting or fun or have a new user input. But I think this is what started it, you know, is, is like, this was the time when they said like, we're going to do Mario one and Mario two. And people like these, these two things are exactly the same. Why would we? Why would we do this? This is a this is an expansion. This isn't a new game. And they're like, all right, well, let's let's try making the game look completely different and just like hold on to some of the core mechanics. But outside of that, it's going to be a completely different game. And people are like, we love this. And they're like, okay, well, cool. What about like Super Mario World? Like again, just different. Don't own beast. New thing. It's like we love it. And it's like let's just let's just keep doing this. So, um, so yes, to your point though, the visuals are they are impossible, right? Like, you know, the, the Nintendo can do this, but also they're, um, they're, they're, they're their own thing, you know, like they're, they're beautiful. But I mean, like I, I really enjoyed the, the visuals invite exploration because they are so varied and they're so different from any of the other Mario games, you know? So yeah, I mean like the it, exploration is definitely one of the key components of this game and the visuals help drive that because they are, so varied they vary even from aesthetic to aesthetic between the levels so it's like you want to know what world three one looks like because it's going to look different than world you know two one than world one one than super mario world than any of it you know it's it's, it's just it's exciting and, and they they and, tempt you in well done even on the overworld map because 
most of first off there's an overworld map right which is yeah its own visual, you know, spectacular thing that allows you to navigate the levels instead of the levels just happening to you. And that was, that's new to this game, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So, um, Doki Doki Panic did not do that, right? Super Mario Mm -hmm. Brothers and Super Mario, Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2 did not do that, right? It was just level one, level two, level three. You had the warp pipes and stuff, but there was no map, right? So Mm -hmm. this was the first game with the map. And even on the map, it's like level one is a little black square with a little, I think a white outline and like a number one. And then level two is with a little number two and three and so on. But then there's like in the desert area, there's a level that just looks like quicksand. And like in, um, I think the crap, the The pipe level, the pipe level, there's that little, yeah, there's, well, there's the pipe. Yeah. The, the little chumpy flower thing. Um, And then there's the pipes. Skip, yep. Skipped that hard, by the way. Just oh, hard doped out of that yeah, guy. No, screw that. Put, um, put him to sleep every time. Uh, then there's uh, the pipes. There's the castles. There's the mm-hmm. fortresses. There's the Hammer Brothers, right? So even just, you're not just selecting from like, oh, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, new world, one, two, three, right there. Oh, there's the mushroom house, right there. The gambling the mushroom houses, there's spades. This, yeah, yeah, the spades, they're the. Um, spades that pop up that are like a matching game that, you know, yeah, it's just, just so many, so many things, so many different things. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of those visuals all bait you in to say like, oh, this is still a level, but it's not a numbered level or, yeah. oh, this isn't a level. This is like its own little side thing. It's, it's a thing where you go and there's platforming, but it's not a level, right? There's just tons of little visual cues to, make you want to go explore in a game that you would argue has zero exploration or, you know, by modern standards, zero exploration, but compared to one, 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 two, one, three, one, four, it's in, it's Skyrim levels of exploration by comparison, right? They needed a way to get people to want to look around. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the, the game, the way the visuals are set up kind of embody the, Ooh, what's that? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, cause it's just like you said, like, you know, it's, it's, Literally in World One One, you go through uh, level one, then level two, then there's level three and four, and you don't have to play both of them. You only, you, yeah, I think you may actually could bypass both um, and just go straight to the castle. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you, you might want, be right. If you want to get to the Toad House, you know, you got to play one of them, and so you're like, well, what? What's the Toad House? You know, so you're like, oh well, I, I'll just play level three, and then you go get to Toad House. And you're like, oh man, there's like items I can use on the world map to like make my life easier. That's kind of cool. And then you know, you go to like the castle, and you're like, oh okay, so that's this thing. And then, but even in World Three, um, with the canoe, you know, you're like, oh, there's a there's a canoe over there. What's that about? You know. And then you go and you get into the canoe, and you're like, oh, there's like a little island, you know. And then it's just it's it's. It, to me, yeah, it, it definitely embodies the exploration because literally as you're playing it, you're constantly like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? What's that? You know, like it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderland, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it was funny because I actually, I got the warp whistle just by not paying close enough, by, by doing something that is so second nature to me now that like I didn't even think about it. But I only found the one and I was like, I remember knowing where all of these were. And I went and looked online to see like, okay, wh- where did I miss them? And it just all came screaming back to me. And I was just like, oh yeah, oh, that's so cool, you know? And and this is visuals adjacent, but 
just want, want it, one of the things I struggled with reviewing this game was I would get so into playing it that I'd stop taking notes and just be playing the game, you know? Dude, I, so, I literally finished compiling my notes uh, about half an hour before we started recording um, because yeah, I was same. just like, oh, crap, I played the game for like 10 hours that I didn't write. <laughs> right? Like, I just, I had to go back and reorganize things and, and it's just because, like, you get into it, you get sucked in. Yep. Um, one thing I definitely want to mention, uh, this is something that has been touched on many, many times, but I just, I, this is our show and I want to talk about it. Um, which is, uh, it, dude, it's definitely a play. Oh, right? absolutely. A stage play. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a stage play. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like the glass shattering, right. From, you know, how I met your mother, where it's like, you know, now going through and looking at it, I'm like, how did I ever not realize this was a play? <laughs> um, you know, like the walking off screen, the, uh, the, the screen coming, the scrim, uh, curtains coming down, like all that sort of stuff. But the, the thing, the two things that like, I realized that I was, and I'm sure other people have said this, but I had not heard that I was like, oh, this also feeds into it is that the blocks, you know, that you can like, one of them that you can like duck behind, right? Only the white ones. Only the white ones, right? Um, like that's, those are, those are parts of the set that are like drilled into the wall. And then you're actually, when you go behind them, you're going behind the set. Mm-hmm. Like you're going backstage, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why when you actually go off stage, you then go into like this, like further backstage. And then, uh, in the first world, and they kind of stop after the first world, a lot of the platforms are actually physically held up by yeah, yeah, um, strings. Yeah, by, by I, I always thought they were like um, like metal rods, you know? So they're like... Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, they're straight lines. So yeah. They, yeah, straight lines, it's, yeah. It's, it's rope or metal rods or it's something that is literally physically supporting the platform as opposed to... It's just up there, which is what a lot yep. of platformers do, right? It's just bolted into nothingness. Yes. And the um even the the uh air warships, right? They're all like the way they're all tied together, it's definitely just a prop, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's just, you know, he's just jumping, but there's no <laughs> nothing would fly that looks like that. You know? So it's just <laughs> they're all just like linked together. So, you know, I just yeah, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but if they weren't, it's it's just it's fact, man. Like there's just too much to back it up. Well, and to your comment like that you never really thought about it. I think what happened to most of us as children or if you're just not like ripping the visuals apart is you notice because the first thing that happens in the game is the curtain goes up and the last yep. thing that happens at the end of the game is the curtain goes down, right? So mm-hmm. it's the metaphor is not subtle, but I think what happens as you spend way too much time talking about video games is eventually it's not that you think, oh, it's a play. It's that you think about the ramifications to the Mario universe if this is a play, right? So this choice of visuals is it's cute and it's novel. And they, as far as I can think, they don't ever go back to this well again, right? So this is like, this is a uniquely Super Mario Brothers 3 thing to have all of these little nods to like, yes, this is a stage play. This isn't really Mario's life, right? This is, this is a production that you're watching, watching. Right. Um, like, what does that mean? Right? Like, and, and that's, that's not something that they did by accident. And to have the shadows obviously be cast onto a backdrop, you know, to have things that are connected by ropes or by pulleys or whatever. So like the impossible ships can move through space because they're being towed across the stage. Right, because the, the levels are not <laughs> the levels are not auto scrolling. 
in the right. sense that like you are being pushed forward. Mario is standing still and the level is moving underneath him, right? Mm-hmm. Because the later auto scrolling levels are just like, Oh, this mechanic allows us to design interesting levels, but it often makes no damn sense. Right. But if Mario is on essentially a treadmill and the stage is moving underneath him, it's like, Oh, this actually does mechanically make sense in universe. Right. And so they chose a way to visually display that, that is like normal. Like that makes total sense. And isn't a video gamey thing just for the sake of being video gamey, which it's not that that's unacceptable always, but like, yeah, if you can visually tie it in and make this mechanic present itself in a way that isn't immersion breaking to the player, like, yeah, maybe do that. Yeah. And actually, I think that from my seat, at least is that, because, okay, so like for the, the Legend of Zelda games, you know, the chronology in which they happen in universe is wildly different than the chronology that they came out, right? So I think that Mario works the same way in the sense that there's all of the, all of the games where he's struggling against Bowser happen, right? And then Bowser is finally defeated in one of them, right? Then um, the, the, the play is put together, right? And then are all of like the Mario golf and all that sort of stuff. And that's all of the actors who played the different <laughs> roles playing all of those. And they're hanging out, you know, like, like after they're done putting on the yeah. show, they got to go play golf or tennis or whatever. I, I, I kind of <laughs> like that, that theory. I w- that might hold up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause now they're thinking they all want to go go-karting, you know? So like, like, yeah, you, you put on a good play, you put on a good show, go, 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 go play some golf. Um, yeah. speaking of, uh, like the kind of playfulness of it, uh, I think this game is also definitely, I, I don't know when the ones on game boy came out, so I'm not counting those. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> this is the, uh, as far as I know, the origin of like cosplay Mario where, because you got the fire flower in the original game and that was like mm-hmm. a power up, but now oh, yeah. you like put on costumes and it makes yep. sense because it's a play, right? So Mario mm-hmm. literally changes his costume. And so he literally has different powers because he's in a different costume, but that has just continued on right? Like all future Mario's or at least most of them, most future Mario's like you can also cosplay and get superpowers, right? Like they just love, <laughs> love dressing Mario up. Like you can be a bee in some of them. You get the ice flower in one of them. So it's like fire flower, but not right. Like, and, and like, okay, so let's think about it. This game has how many different costumes? There's raccoon Mario, there's Tanuki Mario, there's hammer brothers, Mario, there's fire flower, Mario, there's frog Mario. Uh, I guess big and small Mario. Those are sort of costumes, right? Um, mm-hmm. Am I missing any? I Super, mean, Superstar. Superstar, technically P-Wing Mario, but that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's Raccoon Mario, but the, the guy holding the rope doesn't get tired <laughs> as fast. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you don't count big and small Mario 6, right? If you do, which I think it's reasonable to, right? You're coming up on 10, like... Mm-hmm. That's a lot of of costume changes and it's it's all in in the service of the the play theming but it's also this just kind of like silly playful like now he has a raccoon tail and he can fly and it's like raccoons can't fly and it's like shut up <laughs> it's like 
now he he can swim underwater because he's a frog and it's like why not a fish shut up like yeah, because just, shut up look i'm gonna this. need you to go ahead and get all the way off my back about this one <laughs> yeah it's just like it's just silly and fun and like i'm glad that that playfulness was not reserved just for the visuals in the game they chose to make look like a stage play like cosplay mario is now just who Mario is. Like Mario is the Dean from community. He just likes to dress up. Yep. And, and I think that that just cause now I'm, I'm on my, I'm, I'm going to drive this home. Uh, <laughs> it, that, that holds up to the theory, right? Is because if you assume that this was the last, like was the, the summation of all of the Mario's and uh, that actually were Bowser's actually the prote- uh, antagonist, right? And all of those Mario does get powers from like, different items you know so they just were like what do we think and 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 it may <laughs> this is totally the play from avatar yeah right yeah it's the ember island like, players doing yeah, yeah. super because mario brothers <laughs> because it's like well remember when when mario uh bested bowser and he was flying through the air with a majestic raccoon tail no i think it was like like a raccoon tail no it was like i think he grabbed a feather and it was like a cape. It's like, oh, you mean a leaf and got a raccoon tail. It's like, those two things don't even make any sense. It's like, nope, ship it. We're good. You know, like it's that. It's yeah, but that. that's what we have in the props department. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, so they got the fire flower right, you know, and then, yeah, and then they got that and then they, <laughs> and they're like, well, well, but he's got so many different, like, you know, there's ice powers and there's, you know, metal Mario. Oh, and that's what, you know, they're like, and there's like metal Mario. How do we do metal Mario? It's like, I don't know, man. It's really not healthy for us to put that much gray paint on an actor for that long of a time. Well, well what are we going to do? It's like, well, we've got the raccoon suit. So what if we just kind of altered it a little bit and made it a Tanuki suit? You know, it's like, well, well, well how are we going to represent that? It's like, it'll just be a Tanuki suit. <laughs> so, okay. So the, the, the leaf gives him raccoon powers. Uh-huh. And the Tanuki suit gives him Tanuki suit powers. That is correct. Got it. <laughs> Now back to your marks and one, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I just, it's that I, I feel like the original super Mario brothers and super Mario brothers two the, the Japanese one are <laughs> fun and approachable, but super Mario brothers three, and I'm not counting Doki Doki panic since that was rebranded. And yes, they baked all that stuff into the mythology after the fact, but like super Mario brothers three feels like where they decided this franchise will be fun and playful and kind of dumb. And every time someone's like, that doesn't make sense. We're just going to go, but is it fun? Right. And that, that, that jives so well with Mario being Nintendo's mascot, because it feels like every one of the decisions they make is, but was it fun? Yeah, but it didn't make any, but was it fun? Fun. Because that's our one and only criteria for everything we do. And, and I like that that happens across this game and all of the little visual choices, except, and this is my one and only critique about the visuals. I, I actually think the colors are kind of dark. I like mm. the game is colorful in that there's a variety of colors, right? And the, mm-hmm. the color choices are good for contrast. You always know where Mario is. You always know where the enemies are. Everything is very clear, the things that move kill you just like in most games, right? Like if it's still it's platform, if it moves, it kills you. Um, I like if you compare this to, um, super Mario world, or if you play 
uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 on the All-Star collection that was on the Super Nintendo where they recolored everything. These colors are kind of dark. They're not hmm. bad. They're not muddy, but they're like they're safe palette choices. They don't they don't pop because the colors are bright. They pop because they made good contrasting color choices, which is not a bad thing. Like they definitely made smart design decisions for the visuals. But I was just I was surprised when I fired the game up and I was like, huh, this is, hmm. this is darker than I remember. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I that didn't really like call to me, but you know, I, I when you're saying it, I could I could see that. I I think that you know it was. It wasn't something that, that even pinged on my radar, but, you know, definitely legit. Um, the one, uh, you know, I mean, because we're, we're going to say I have to cut some of these things off because we just go on forever about each <laughs> section, right? So the last the last thing I really um, want to mention about visuals is um, it is just start clear which power up you have at all times. Yes. You know, there's. There's no question, right? I mean, like you can just at a quick glance be like, I have the fire flower. I have the raccoon tail. I have um, <laughs> the only one that you could make the argument is a little bit difficult to tell the difference between is the raccoon tail and the P-wing. But there's an audio cue. And this is what leads us nicely in the audio, unless you have more stuff. But um, there's an audio cue that is pretty inescapable for when you have the P-wing, right? Yeah, it's um, uh, it's Link with low hearts. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, it's 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 Mega Man carrying around the full charge Buster <laughs> shot, you know. So I I will agree with you um, that audio cue is quite a thing. There is even a subtle visual, right? Because the your speed, um, the arrows are mm-hmm. fully lit up and flashing when you have the P wing, and they never die back down. So even yep. if you were deaf or playing the game on mute or something, you do still have a very subtle compared to the other differences, but you do have a subtle visual distinction between the raccoon suit and the, the P wing. Um, but man, that audio cue. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, like you, you never have to guess, you know, like which power up you're using. And I mean, by contrast, Mega Man, the Mega Man series, um, especially some of the later <laughs> ones in the X series, right? Like if the color palettes that they choose are like a little bit off, you know, like you may, like if there's like, you know, the, blue and then the light blue you know you may struggle to distinguish between those two but i mean the only two things that were i mean because the silhouette's completely different you know the, the only main difference being between super mario and fire flower mario and i mean fire flower mario is like bright orange you know like caution corn cone orange <laughs> or candy corn orange yeah, both, yeah it could know? be both <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so I thought that that was kind of a good a good call because you never really have to worry about wait, you know, and, and eventually you kind of internalize the idea of like this visual means that Mario is going to behave in this way. So it just kind of takes some of the cognitive load off of like, wait, what do I have equipped right now? It's like, man, you got the Tanuki suit equipped. You know that. Yeah, you can see it. Um, yeah, I will uh, mention your segue into audio back there uh, because the thing that kills me about the sound effects in this game is like every game from this era that tries to push the boundaries of what the Nintendo could output audio wise. Yep. There's a lot of action going on on screen and all of it takes precedence over the music. So you're just dropping notes out of the melody left and right. And it's, it's not that big of a deal. Every time I've mentioned this now, I think I say the same thing, which is like, it's annoying because I'm aware of it. And I'm sure yep. most people don't even think about it. And their brain just fills in the notes to the songs because they're super catchy. It's good music. 
right? And oh, but, yeah. but once you have that glass shattered, it is difficult to unshatter. Yes. I will say that um that you know, like when when you're you're jumping around and stuff like that, yeah, some of the notes stuck out, but I think that, that my brain can compensate for that, you know, as you said. With the P wing going, it's doing that noise all the time and the other sound effects, which means even more of the music stucking out, and that I can't unnotice. You know, because if you're pick if you jump and start picking up coins while you're flying through the air with the P wing, which is likely because they they do that mechanically, you know, like you have the P-Wing, so they're like, oh, here are all these coins you couldn't get to before, which is super cool. Uh, but yeah, like the music is just kind of like, I can't pull all of this weight. And uh, it's um, it's not great. Uh, well, and that, to your that point- sprinty P-Wing noise is, um, I believe uh, the term for it is a trill on a, like on a flute. It's it's like two notes. It's like, just super fast. And when you're flying, that lasts for, I don't know, four to six seconds. It's not long because you don't maintain speed, but for the P wing, it's the entire length of the level or until you get hurt. Right. So it's just, yep. um, but that being said, to your point, uh, the, the music speaks for itself as far as how catchy it is, because here, here, here's the thing is I was like, okay, you know what? I, I, cause I played the game plenty, but since I got so into playing the game, I was like, I, I, I want to listen to just some of the music just on its own. So I was like, I'm just going to listen to some of this on my way home, you know, because it's Super Mario Brothers 3, right? It took me a solid 10 minutes to find a decent original soundtrack to this because of how many <laughs> remixes and personal flavors and all of, those, all of which I listened to as well. It's all good, but I was like, man... It literally the original content has been drowned out by everyone and their sister saying like this is my take on it, which is great. I mean, like like no complaints about that, but that definitely speaks to the how good and how popular the music is when everybody's like, oh no no, no I'm gonna do a, a cover of Super Mario World uh, Brothers or World, but Brothers. Um, all so yes, yeah, all the good music. all the brothers. Yeah, yeah, and all, and all the supers. Tell me what you think about this because. You went out of your way to listen to the soundtrack, and I, I appreciate that dedication. Um, I I was very aware of the fact that the theme music, like the theme, the world themed music, yeah. happens on the map, not in the levels. Right? All yeah. all the fortresses have the fortress music. All the overworld levels. Have the you know right? You hear that a billion times because it's the or or it's right. So so there's I think I think three like grasslands songs. There's like two or three under underworld. You know the when you go down a pipe. Um. Yes. There's, there's, oh God, that one is it's a, such a good version of the underworld music. Um, I know, right? Un, Underdark. It's the Underdark now. I can't believe I never <laughs> thought of that before. Um, but there's, there's, uh, every map has, you know, each world has its own, like, world music for when you're on the map. And because there is stuff to do on the map, you do actually spend a little time on the map. So you do get to hear those tunes. But I was surprised that the in level music is basically the same, you know, world over world. And, and that's, it's not bad. It's just the fact mm-hmm. that they have unique music on all the maps means they definitely thought, 
oh, one day we may have themed music for the levels, but it is not this day. There's like above ground music, below ground music, water music, and then fortress music. And that's, it's a choice. Like, I don't think I'm upset about it, but I was just like, once I noticed it, I was like, oh, huh. They definitely decided to do this on purpose. So let's let's argue that for a minute, because yeah, I, I didn't notice that, but um, just thinking on the fly here, let's argue for a minute that the number of songs in there is the maximum number of songs that are going to be in there, either for cost or hardware reasons, right? Um, my guess would be that they did it this way to break up the sameness, you know, because instead of like having like all of the desert theme song like throughout the the desert right you know is that you get a little bit of desert theme and then a little bit of level music and then a little bit of desert theme and then a little bit of castle music as opposed to all desert theme all water theme all you know like like chunked together so it breaks up the music a little bit instead of having it all themed all the time would be my guess yeah that i mean that's a way to think about it and there's also a, and a, this is not my segue into mechanics, although it would be a good one. Um, the There's a certain amount of muscle memory you build up for what sorts of things you're going to be asked to do based on the music that's presented. If you have the everything's fine, I'm in the grasslands music, that kind of tells you that flight is a way to solve all of your problems here. If you have the underwater music, it's like, oh, I'm going to be dealing with water problems. If you have the the underdark music, then you know that flight is not a good solution to most of your problems, right? So you, and, and then there's like the, the like lilting, like cloud, no enemies, but lots of coins music, right? When you like jump on the orange um, music mm-hmm. blocks. Um, so there's, there's some mechanical information. It's probably not, a ton, but there's some amount of mechanical information that's communicated by the music, right? It's like, here's, yeah. here's the sort of thing you're dealing with. Right. And then like the, all of the, um, what you call them? Airships. All of the airships have like the same airship music, which tells you like, this is an airship. These are the kinds of, you know, the airship problems. Those are the ones you're going to be dealing with in this area. So there's a certain amount of, of like, preparation for the challenges ahead based on the music that's presented. So I, I, I I can give them that. And also if they did the reverse and they were like, Oh, okay, we're going to have grassland music, underdark music, underwater music and fortress music. And then, you know, times eight, because now we have to have themed versions of each of those. Like that's, that's probably a little much to ask a composer to do period, let alone, and also fit it all on an S cartridge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the one, the one other, uh, music note that I just kind of want to touch on, um, cause you know, we definitely want to get the mechanics is, uh, um, I really like that the, they were able to work in the original Mario brothers theme into the music. Do you remember where it, where it was? I don't No, I can't think of it. It's the music box. Oh, I didn't use the music box because I always murder those dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I used it to get past the the little yeah, the, the choppy thingy. plant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But um but you should you should insert a little clip of it for uh for our listeners. But yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's just it's just a very it's a it's a lullaby version of the original song. And I was like, 
because I just turned the, the the music box on, and I was like, "Why is this so soothing to me?" Oh, right, because <laughs> it's the original Super Mario. I'm like, I like my brain said you like this a lot. I was like, "Why do I like this so much?" Brain, explain why. It's like this is a music from your childhood remixed in a very melodic way. Ah, thank you. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm sure every successful artist has this problem where looking back people are just like oh did you know when you were composing the original super mario brothers theme that it would go on to be this incredibly iconic piece of music and i'm sure anyone who has any sense is like you know oh we we felt like we were on to something special but we never could have imagined that it would turn into this incredible thing and we're so humbled and so right like i'm i'm sure that that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that interview has happened a million times but you must get to a certain point in your career. Like if you let's, let's assume for a minute that the composer who did Super Mario brothers, Super Mario brothers, two Super Mario brothers, three and Super Mario world is all the same composer. Um, Cause I know for the first ones, it definitely is, but Super Mario world, I'm not positive, but let, let's say that it is when that person was getting to Super Mario brothers three and they saw like the public fervor over this game, they must've been thinking like, Oh, this is an opportunity to like, put in this little clever callback. And then when they saw how well that game was received and then they were composing for super Mario world, surely they were like, Oh, okay. I'm, I may be aware that I'm a big deal at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you kind of know that it's like, I can't overplay my hand and let them know. I know I'm a big deal, but there needs to be some clever callbacks and some through lines. And yeah. right. Because now we have a franchise like it's, it's not Iron Man. Now it's the Avengers. And then eventually yes. it's Infinity War, right? Like you get to the point where you're like, we can't let them know that we know, but we know. And oh, we, know we know they know we know, right? Like it's, yeah, we, it's all we, just we a know big... this and we know that they know, but they make believe that they don't know. We make believe that we believe that they don't know, but know that they know. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> I knew halfway into that. I was like, I'm not doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I appreciate the, the deftness with which that is handled. Right. And, and the fact that like I was able to go through and not because on this playthrough, I just didn't use the music box. So I didn't notice, but if I had used that music box, damn well, sure. I would have noticed and yeah. I would have appreciated it because it was done well. Yep. Oh yeah. No, actually while, while you're talking, I was just kind of like, I want to listen to it. So just kind of cued it up. So <laughs> while you were talking, it was going in my ears. That's why I was kind of like dancing back and forth. It's like, yeah, oh, I will put a clip of it into the show. I actually, uh -huh. by the time a listener hears me say those words, they would have already heard it. So if I didn't put a clip in now, they know that I'm lazy. Quick chrono. We have to time travel to fix this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't respond to you because he's a silent protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only, but anyways, uh, Oh, snaps. Uh, but anyways, uh, gameplay. Yeah, we got to talk about the controls um, when we talk about the mechanics because this Mario does something that I don't particularly care for, which is they went too far, in my opinion, on the the weightiness of Mario. Um, he has a lot of momentum. He has a lot of... Uh, momentum you have to redirect when you change directions on the ground. He changes directions differently in the air than he does when you're on foot. And I think it's well executed. 
I just don't like the way this Mario feels compared to how like Super Mario World Mario feels or Super Mario Brothers Mario feels like this is of the original 2D games. I, I like this one the least. It's not bad. It's totally doable, but it, it took me a while to mentally readjust and be like, oh, you have way more air control than you do ground control. And if you're running, you have even more air control than you do ground control. Like the, the, the bars move in either further opposite directions. And it's just, it's, it's not bad. Like I said, the execution is good. I just don't, it's a really good chicken salad sandwich and I don't like <laughs> chicken salad. And that, and that's legit. Um, I think one of the things that I noticed was that, uh, you can actually, leap I, i'm not sure if it's from a pure standing start but you don't even i don't believe you even need to be at a running start completely across the screen like mario's leap is massive in this game you know um yeah i, I you're probably it's probably at least two-thirds of us of a full screen length that's huge yeah I, I remember like stress testing at one point because i was like no way can i make this jump and i was just like and just you know <laughs> hammered it across the screen i was like all right so that's a thing but I, I like that because um, basically, unlike the Jurassic Park game that we played, where as a Velociraptor, you have a massive jump and can jump further than the screen, Mario's jump lands him about the length of the screen, which means that if it's on the screen, you can reasonably get to it, you know, unless like it's, it's you know, literally it's like way, way, way too high, in which case then, you know, like there's like a kind of a puzzle thing to it. But as far as if it's like a linear jump, you can make it. You know, so there's no like, you know, I can see it. Can I get there? If you can see it, you can get there. You know, so I, I kind of like that I wasn't ha- being forced to do that mental calculus very regularly. You know, that that the level de- design was set up that, uh, that yeah, that, that, you know, if you build it, they will come. If I could see it, I could jump there, um, which I appreciated. Uh, one of the, I believe that this is, okay, so, so Doki Doki Panic didn't have any power-ups other than the mushroom, right? Um, there's, you got, there's a superstar. Okay. Yeah. There's a superstar, but, but um, yeah, but, there's, there's no fire flower. There's no cosplay. I mean, cause the characters all handle differently. So that's right. That's their version of, of power-ups, it's I guess. In kind. But yeah, yeah. There, there's none that I could think of. So then this is the first one, at least to my memory, where you have three hit points instead of two. Which was unique to the American version. Really? Yes, because I also noticed that. And then (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. This feels like something they dumbed down for Americans because later Mario games also did this. So uh, there's small Mario, big Mario and powered up Mario. Yep. And in Super Mario Brothers, when you get hit, if you're Fire Flower Mario, you revert to Small Mario. This mm. is the first game where you lose your mm-hmm. power up and are yeah. just Big Mario, but the Japanese version did not do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, or, sorry, I knew I knew the former, I did not know the latter. Yeah. Um fascinating, interesting. And, and but this is they decided that the American way was just going to be the way going forward. All later yeah. Mario games, US and Japan, do the the three hit points. Yeah, and even Super Mario World does like three plus where you can get three hit points and then store another hit point in your Oh yeah, because um, you can you can carry a power up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. Um 
but uh Which, yeah so that that visual of the power-up is the same as the end card game in super mario brothers 3 the little mushroom star and fire flower mm-hmm. that you match up it's it's that exact same graphic which gotta be where they got it from was from that adventure exactly yep. yeah they were like oh this will be a callback to when mario saved the world yeah all holds up right um so uh not only do you have um three hit points but one of the things that uh so i mean and that's that's very you know they, they leverage it very well so and so forth but i mean i think that it's just kind of interesting because that, that can be very game changing where it's like oh how many hit points do you have 50 percent more um can change the way you interact with the game i did find this interesting little kind of uh flavor in the game which is that the okay so like the 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 raccoon the the leaf the fire flower all of that just give you one additional hit point right which is to say that and this is different from like mario world and whatnot is that if if you get a fire flower right so there is a fire flower available for you to consume and then you become small Mario and you go touch that fire flower, you just become big Mario. Yes. I noticed and that's that. heartbreaking. Yes. <laughs> I think I think that that is a remnant of the way they had originally designed the system. Is because I there it was in um I want to say world eight, where there's like some gauntlets you have to go through and there's friggin' bullet bills and crap everywhere and Koopa Troopas jumping around and Yeah, it's closer I, to a bullet hell, which is not your favorite. No. <laughs> and and I kept getting hit near this one uh question block, and every time I would hit the question block and the leaf would be falling down, and I would get hit right before I got the leaf, which made me small, and then I would grab the leaf and it would just make me big, but not raccoon Mario. And because that happened like a bunch of times, because I died there a bunch of times, I was like, huh. What's that if, about? if you take damage, all power-ups become mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> In Russia, all power-ups are <laughs> mushrooms. One of the things too that this is this is tangential, but um that that both my wife and I got a huge kick out of was uh you know, I'd be sitting there like going through one of those really hard levels and being like, Oh god, just come on, come on. And then I'd, and then like I'd get to a part and I'd be like, you see, that's the thing, is the game reward it rewards a skilled player. You know, like it just it, it's it, it lets a good player be good. And then I get hit be like, no, I was blindfolded, it was my little brother playing, you know, <laughs> just just literally just quoting video game donkey to my wife the whole time, and she's just just getting a huge kick out of it. So that was uh that was something I enjoyed. But when you were talking about like the the dying in the same place over and over again, like that was definitely when I was just kind of like, no, no, you see this level's crap. This level's crap. And then right when I get pie, it up, be like, yeah, no, that's because I'm the master. I've unleashed my final form, you know? Well, and, and this Good game, stuff. like a lot of Nintendo's games, but the Mario series in particular is there were times that I was angry with my performance. There were times when I was disappointed in my performance, but it was very rare that I was like, that was the game's fault. And, yeah. and I can name a couple examples. Um, this game suffers from what a lot of Nintendo games uh, and just games from this era did, which is I went slightly too far to one side and something either spawned back into reality or despawned out of reality because there was too much stuff on the screen. Right. So that that can cause some mechanical unpleasantness. And it's like. I I can forgive that. It's annoying, but I I can forgive that. And it's not a common problem because they have a really good level design. Um, But the, the other place is the hitbox for colliding with something from the, 
like what what should be you jumping on top of it is just strict enough that it can get you. So the place that it kept getting me is the I don't even know what it is. The thing you fight at the end of the fortress. It's the little dancing spiky guy. No idea what the hell that thing's called, but sometimes when you fight the dancing spiky guy, when you jump on him the first time and he leaps into the air, little wings come out of his back and he floats up instead of falling down. And if you jump early enough, you can get over him before his little wings come out. And if you don't jump early enough and his little wings come out, then he's still under you, but the game registers it as him being side to side with you. And so you get hit and take damage or die instead of him getting hit and dying like he's supposed to. And (laughs) that happened enough times that I was just like, can you, can you please just register this as a hit? Like, you know what I meant? Right. And, and again, it's not, it's not experience breaking, but that was one of the few times where I was like, no, the game should be registering this as a hit later. Mario's would have registered this as a hit. Like this is, is an artifact of the time when they were just like video games are hard sometimes. And so, so, but, but almost in every other instance, I was like, no, that was my fault. Or like, oh wow, this part's really hard and I, I need to get good. Right. And that's, an accomplishment to design a game that is hard, but where the player is like, I will rise to this challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, like you said, is that there was, it was very, very rare that I was like, nah, that was garbage. I, I like, or I got frustrated, you know, and most of the time it was just kind of like, Nope, I died. No, there were, there were a couple of times when the level design was obtuse to the point where I could not figure out what to do within the time limit. But, there were two levels where that happened and um and by the time like i had like 30 seconds left i had figured out what i needed to do i just could no longer now accomplish it in the time limit remaining but then the next time i went through and did it i just i did it right you know um yeah so i mean just 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 very well done there um as far as the level design goes i do think that the cycle time is not it's not bad it's just not ideal you know by by today's standards yeah, I I like that they amped up the difficulty a little bit, but then like amped the length of the levels way down. Yes. And that that made me more okay with the cycle time. Like even if I died right near the end of a level, I was like, well, I have 400 seconds to beat something that can be done in, you know, 40. Like it's mostly, you know, the auto scrolling levels and there's a couple like maze levels and some of the fortresses you have to like backtrack and go through multiple doors, but the overwhelming majority of levels are like pretty short, fairly short. Oh yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, by, by my own personal and today's standards and again, Celeste kind of ruined me for everything (laughs) is that, you know, it's, but it is the best that one could hope for from this era, because basically if you die, it just kicks you well, it kicks you back to the world map, which gives you a number of different options. Because at that point, you can sometimes just opt out of playing that level. Like, you don't have to play it at all. You can hop into a cloud and skip the level. You can um, power yourself up so you're more likely to be able to get through the level, you know? Uh, so so it, it does all of those things, which gives you, gives you choice, gives you agency. And then if you run out of lives, it only kicks you to the beginning of the world, not to the beginning of the game, which is, again, a huge leap. If you said to somebody at uh, 
you know, Nintendo said like, hey, when people die, we're going to knock them back three seconds. It would have laughed in your face, you know, because like, <laughs> because I mean, games at that time just didn't do stuff like that, you know? Um, so yeah, so like I said, like, it, it, is, it, is it perfect for what it's trying to do? I'd say no, just because um, there were definitely times where, yeah, the level spiked, the difficulty spiked right at the end of the level. And then I had to go slog through the beginning part of the level, which I had very much so mastered, you know? Um, the only reason why I would screw something up is because I was not paying attention because that's not the part that I wanted to do. But even so, those were those were very rare, you know? Like, it did not happen very regularly. So, um, so like I said, like this is one of the ones where it's like, so far I've been like, 10, 10, 10. This is like, 9, you know? <laughs> where it's like, you know, and 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 the 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 person diving like takes your thing like this is complete crap, and you know, like walks off. It's like you know, like what do you have to do to get a ten around here. But you know, so like I said, like if I'm if I'm being picky, this is the place where I would I would pick. You know, but but still acceptable, absolutely better better than one would anticipate. I mean, it's better than Sonic. You know, oh like yeah, way better. Yeah, so you know, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and <laughs> they um, I I think it's worth specifically mentioning. Uh, that when you are thrown back to the beginning of the world, all of the levels you have beaten need to be beaten again, except in world eight world eight is specifically laid out unique among the worlds to have several key differences. Uh, one is most of the levels in world eight are not normal numbered levels. They are boss style auto scrolling tank levels um most of those levels also have a way to completely cheat one of them you can fly over with the p-wing one of them is a boat and you can swim under the boats and just press a really fast so you keep swimming but you just you skip the entire level right um one of them is uh not fun and i almost broke my controller over but (laughs) once those levels are beaten they are beaten even if you continue and then there are levels that are normal, um, you know, like one, two, three levels. But those levels, once you've beaten all of the tank and airship style levels, can be subverted by going through warp pipes, like on the overworld mm-hmm. map. So level eight is the one and only level or um, world in the game that if you make it all the way to the end and you die fighting Bowser and it kicks you back to the beginning of the world, you can actually just walk straight to Bowser again. But there's those little tiny mini levels in the middle of the world that don't have normal end card or like the, you know, the where you walk off stage at the end. They all are tiny platforming challenges where you can get leaves at the end. There's a treasure chest and a leaf in it. And there's, Mm -hmm. I think, five of them in a row. And and it's it's. It's a very early example of, hey, um, we know this is hard. And if, yeah. if you're struggling with it, we're going to let you go back, collect some power-ups, and then come back here and try the boss again without slogging through the whole game or without slogging through the whole world even. You like you can just basically try again with enough time to cool off a little bit. And that's... Yeah. They had to really think that through since the seven preceding worlds, you don't get any of that courtesy, right? This is very unique. Well, and I feel that that kind of shows that even the devs at, devs at this point in time 
recognize that there is a link between difficulty and cycle time. You know, is there like the game is now we are going to put a huge spike in difficulty here and a consistent one. We have to lower the cycle time, you know, so they recognize that those two things were, were related. I just think that, you know, they didn't realize how far they can push that, you know, and to be fair, many games to this day still don't, you know, so the fact that, you know, they were working with stone tools and happened to, you know, build the Coliseum, you know, it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, not the Sydney Opera House. It's like, no, it's not, but it's, it's not, it ain't that bad. And uh, Boom Boom is the name of the guy at the end of all the fortresses. I'm sad about that name. Oh, no, you'll be sadder because in Super Mario 3D Land, uh, there is a female iteration of him, and that one's called Pom Pom, and that's worse. <sighs> <laughs> All right, let's talk yeah. about the power ups. Um, All right, let's talk about the power ups. <laughs> so, the raccoon suit makes you fly, the, uh, the P Wing lets you fly forever. Um, you yeah. can also fly with the Tanuki suit, but that's not what makes the Tanuki suit cool. The Tanuki suit grants you temporary invincibility. Um, the, the fire flower functions like the fire flower. Um, the star functions like the star. The frog is uh, pretty cool. Hilarious. It is. It's, it's funny, but it also like makes swimming like tolerable, which is nice. Oh yeah. But I mean, is the hammer brother suit not overwhelmingly the coolest? Cause I'm pretty sure it's overwhelmingly the coolest, which is saying something in an arena with the Tanuki suit. Correct. Um, which was actually one of the things I wanted to ask was I played quite a bit of this game. Um, you you can you can get the Hammer Brothers suit without a Game Genie, right? Like that's possible <laughs> because I didn't. I got a lot of Tanuki suits. Like like my cup runneth over with Tanuki suits, but I didn't get any Hammer Brothers suits, and I died a little inside. The the Hammer Brothers suit I think only comes up in Toad houses, which means you don't have a ton of chances to get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and I, th- I think they only come up in like the dark red toad houses as opposed to the light yellow toad houses. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, there are two different color. Yeah, there's two different colored toad houses. Do they? And does that color distinction matter? Apparently. <laughs> well, a hundred percent of the time when I went to the darker toad houses, I got tanuki suits, and zero percent of the time when I went to lighter colored toad houses, did I get tanuki suits? Hmm. So I think that the darker colored toad houses are way, way, way rarer. I think there's like three of them in the game, whereas the the lighter ones are pretty common. Um, but I think that they have like the more powerful um, power ups. Yeah, you looking it up? No, but I'm I'm feeling good that uh, if I did expose <laughs> myself to a too much research or an unusual amount of research to this over the course of my life before now, there's still things I don't know. Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of a good feeling, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, there there's still secrets, still mysteries. There's still things to explore. It's like uh, that episode of Futurama where Farnsworth like thinks he's discovered everything and like spirals into a depression. And then it's <laughs> like, but there's even more to discover. Um, so yeah, no, I never got the hammer, but no, the hammer brothers costume is, is wildly superior. That, whenever I would play with the game genie, that was the number one thing that I went for. I, I would go for the, there was like normal jump, super jump and like mega jump, which just allowed you to leap around like a madman. So I'd go for mega jump and always hammer brother Mario and then just have the time of my life. You know, like 
Was the game challenging? No. Was it fun? Yes. It was a blast. <laughs> I've definitely spent a lot of time as Hammer Brother Mario, but uh, not not in this playthrough for whatever reason. I had a, a similar experience with Tanuki Suit. So I, I had a, a bunch of short play sessions and then like two like really long, like multi-hour, like I'm just going to kind of sit here and play this for fun. And uh, on one of them, my cup runneth over with Tanuki suits and I was just like waiting for the hammer brother suit. And I was like, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Why isn't it happening? And then on the other playthrough, it was just like, I'd like three or four of them. And I was like, Oh yay!" Hmm. Right. So I just, there may be a rhythm to it or a randomness or a pseudo randomness that's exploitable. And I just, because I wasn't trying to break those boundaries, I didn't break them, which it, in a way I think is good. It's like, I was, living the experience right you were living the experience and like we just got what we got and maybe there is like oh if you always do the one on the left after you beat this level it'll always have a hammer brother suit or whatever and i'm I'm kind of glad when i i i don't always plumb all those depths and see the the man behind the curtain um i i do uh want to specifically mention the uh some of the overworld power-ups because there's also the cloud you mentioned there's the hammer which lets you break the block or the boulders. And sometimes you can like skip levels and get the warp pipes and stuff. And then there's the warp whistle and the warp whistle is special because when you use the warp whistle, it takes you to the warp pipe uh, map, right? And then there's three lanes. There's the two, three, four lane, and then the five, six, seven lane, and then the eight lane. Did you know when you're on the warp whistle map, you can open the menu and use the warp whistle and it takes you directly to world eight. I did not. That's really clever because when you're on the warp whistle map, it looks and behaves exactly like the overworld map because it is the overworld map. And if you use the warp whistle, it just takes you straight to level eight. That's actually the only way to do that. And they designed that on purpose that way because this game does not have a battery save. So if you're playing and you have to turn the console off and then you're like, I really, I was so close to the end of the game. There are three warp whistles in the entire game. Two of them are right near the beginning. So you play through like two levels, you get two warp whistles, use one to get to the warp whistle map, use the other one to get to world eight, and then you can go and defeat Bowser. So it's like, it's not, quite the same as a save because you don't have any of your items. You still have to beat all of the tanks and airships and stuff again, but it's, it's a pretty smart workaround to not it's, having it's, a save system. It's a stage select. Yeah. I mean, like basically yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like the thing is that they bake it into the mechanics, so it still feels like you're working for it, you know, but they, they really did. I do feel design this game around the idea. And I think that they may have learned from Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2, where they're like, that game wasn't, they, they said like, we're going to make a game that looks visually the same and is way harder. And they're like, we don't like that. And it's like, okay, we're going to make a game that is way visually different and just super fun to play. And they're like, that, that worked. Because, I mean, they, there's nothing, this game does not necessitate that you prove yourself to it. It is there for you to have fun. You know, so if you want to play World 4, that's great, man. Play World 1-1, one, one, World 2-1, then play World 3-1, get a Warp Whistle, World the, the, in the Castle. So you play four levels, which will take you like two and a half minutes if you're a skilled player, right? And then you can get to any any map in the game. 
any map that you want. It's all it's all open at that point, you know. So the fact that they baked it into to world one, you know, is uh is is really really impressive, you know. So I mean, like like you said, is that you can just get you can play whatever part of the game you want to play because the game meets you on your terms. You know, it doesn't force you to play it the way they want you to play. They're like, man, if you just want to bop around and play whatever level you want to play, go for it. If you want to play through from the beginning, go for it. If you want to, you know, play Bowser 15 times until you actually beat him, go for it, man. Just, just you do you. The only time when we're really going to punch you back is when we really feel that you've probably gotten further than your skill you know, on more luck than skill, they're so going to punch you back a little bit so you can get get a little bit more skill. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's a it's it's a really really impressive setup. Did you did you play any of the new game plus? No, I didn't, and I'll tell you why. Um, it it took me longer to beat the game than I honestly thought it would. I remembered this game being hard, but my brain and my thumbs have very much settled on the Super Mario World-esque momentum and way that Mario moves, which is, I mean, you really got to see them side by side. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario World, if you just look at them casually, you'd be like, oh, it, it's he moves basically the same. And it's like, yeah, basically, but not exactly. And I played Super Mario World the most out of all the 2D Marios, no question. And so this game is hard in some spots and it took me a little while to kind of get back into that vibe and i i beat the game uh about two days ago as of recording time and i was like okay wait a minute and it got to the end and i hit start and it brought me back to the title screen and i hit start and it dumped me back on the map and i literally put the controller down and i was like there's a whole bunch of new game plus stuff and I can't remember what any of it is. And I don't have time to experience any of it. And I was just like, <laughs> God damn it. So, like I was very aware that I was like, I know there's, there's more depth to plumb here and I don't have time. So what what you could have done was uh be good and, you know, <laughs> beat it like way sooner, you know, like I did, you, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, so, so basically, what what my personal experience was was I, was I sat down, um, was awesome, <laughs> and uh, just basically one shotted the game, you know, no scope, yeah, right? Speed and then, run uh, world record right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I I honestly didn't play too much of the the new game plus. I believe the only difference that because I played a couple of the first levels, the the only difference that I could see was that it just your your entire inventory is all P wings. You know, really? Um, yeah. Oh man, like, I don't remember that at all. Four rows of P wings. Yeah, four rows of P wings, and I know that it's it it's that because I went, I used one of them, and then I just kind of farted around for a little bit. But then, uh, yeah, I got a warp whistle, and I was like, oh, good, this actually gives me a frame of reference because otherwise, literally, you just hammer through and you don't know where it all ends because it's just all P wings, mm. you know. Um, but which is which is I think um, you know, absent the Super Mario World New Game Plus, which is just. I mean, it's a whole nother game. They made a whole nother game that like a bunch of people will just never experience. Um, I think that that's a clever way to kind of add new content because the P wings were you, you covet those, right? You only get a few of them. And those are your, I don't want to deal with this anymore button. Right. Um, but giving you a near infinite supply of them gives you the ability to explore the level freely and look for any secrets you may have missed. So if there was like an area you wanted to get to where you're like, I think there's something up there. It's like, great, go check it out. You know, because you now have an infinite number of P wings. So if you screw it up three, four, seven times, then you know 
no no harm no foul um so uh so i thought that, that was kind of a good way to do do new game plus i'm not sure if there was any new game plus content on top of that but that was what i experienced well and and i love what that is communicating to the player which is um most of this game is about moving left and right sometimes there's stuff up above you go look for it yeah go check it out right? because there's i more- mean in in literally the first level there's a super obvious row of coins that goes up into the sky right so from 1 1 the game is like sometimes there's going to be stuff up there and if you didn't know you could go up there you should probably try to figure that out right yep so then if you beat the game the reward is you probably didn't find all of the stuff up in the sky go look for it go take all the time you want so i i like that like instead of just saying like you know oh like uh like the the original legend of zelda right it's like you know oh are you ready for another quest and it's like shut up like it's just the same game but like yeah. a little bit harder it's like no we we lovingly crafted this world and now that you've beaten the game we laid out for you go play around it's it's almost yeah. like a sandbox mode well, it is. And, and, and basically, because if we say that the main core aesthetic is exploration, they said like, okay, you've now, you've explored the world. It's like, cool, great, good job. There's, you've gotten like 95% of it. Here are the tools that you need to explore the other 5%. But the thing is, you don't know which 5% that is. So check out all of the levels, you know, go go through all the levels with the P-Wing and, and just check them out, you know, see what, see what there is to see. Uh, so it's a great way to just kind of add additional content and, like you said, create a sandbox mode for the player. Back when sandbox games weren't really a thing, uh, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive. The one uh, final thing that I want to um, mention is that uh, this game does something which is pretty stellar for a game of this time, which is that there are actually rewards of different types. Which is um, to say, if we go back to like uh, Donkey Kong Country, right? Um, where, you know, when we were talking and we were saying, like, you know, all of the rewards are lives. You know, like, you get bananas, but those become lives. You get, you know, spe- special stuff, but eventually those become lives, you know? Um, for this game, there's so many different types of rewards. So the, the reward for beating a level is moving forward in the game, right? But the reward for um, getting all three stars or you know, whatever matches in a row, right? In the at the end stage levels, that reward is lives. They also reward you with lives um for the uh the quick scrolling match three, which I never got the hang of even oh yeah even like, a little bit. Like five percent success at best. Uh yeah, so never never got the hang of that. Uh but the thing is that the um toad houses, right, and the matching game reward you with items, which all allow you to interact with the world in a different way. So one of the main they they, they generally pull those two different reward levers, but those are two very, very different rewards. One of them eventually gives you more lives, which means that it reduces your cycle time. And the other one gives you items which give you a new way in which to interact with the world. Like you can literally get a fire flower in a level that does not have a fire flower in it. But you can see what it's like to be fire Mario in this level. You know, so I think that that's really fascinating. They were able to kind of master the differences of, of kind of reward. And I'm, I'm really glad you phrased that that way because I had that thought, but in a stupid way, which is, <laughs> which is why I didn't pursue it as part of the discussion. But the, the stupid version of that thought is, you can go through the desert as frog Mario. 
<laughs> which they obviously don't want you to do, but they sure as hell don't stop you from doing it. Right. And, yep. and that also means that there are probably places in the level design where they're like, this level has a problem that is best solved by being fire Mario, but there's no fire flower in this level or this level has a problem that is best solved by being, you know, raccoon Mario, but there is no leaf in this level or there's no leaf, you know, before you get to the point where you would want to use it or something like that. And that again, like that reinforces the exploration. This game also has lots of secrets and like little side weirdness and stuff going on blocks that come out of nowhere the orange, you know, note blocks that I mentioned earlier that send you up into the sky and like you could skip giant chunks of the level. Like there's for a game that is ostensibly about going right. There's a lot of times where it's like, I don't want to go right or I'm going to fly right or I'm going to hop right or I'm going to fly up right up and left. Like there's a lot of opportunity to break from what the game is ostensibly telling you to do and then you're rewarded for it. Like, and and then it turns out that that is actually what the designers wanted you to do. And and that's now I want to go explore all the levels in the <laughs> desert area as frog Mario. Cause it's like, Ooh, this is really dumb. Is there some good reason to be frog Mario in the desert? Well, actually the, the, the one way that uh, somebody once told me to, you can tell a explorer type person and a game that encourages exploration is if you do a thing, if you work really hard to do a thing to get to like a place where you're like, there is no way the developers think I'm supposed to be here and there's something there for you. Like that is an amazing feeling where you're like, oh man, I worked really hard. I got to like this area I wasn't supposed to do. And there's a little sign that says like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. It's like, oh, they knew I could get up here. You know, like that, <laughs> that feeling is awesome. So even if like, you know, you get to like an area and you're like, oh dude, there are like, there's like a coin smiley face up here. You know, like they, 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 they did this for me. Like, you know, like there's like 1% of the people that would have gotten here, but I was one of them. And I now know there's a smiley face there. And that's for me and the developers to have like, that, that's fantastic. And they did that. And that's cool. Yeah. And, and I, I think, uh, those kinds of developers would be the best kind to build Mario games because, you know, like we've been saying, this is the time in history where they decided definitively, uh, Mario's going to be whimsical and, there's going to be silliness and whimsy. And if that's not what you're here for, you're probably not going to be happy. And I, I like that that manifests is uh, silly mini games that it manifests as silly level design, as silly power ups, as the, the literal set pieces that make up the world in this game. Visually the, you know, the hidden super Mario brothers theme music and also things like the adventure style, you know, thank you for playing my game right that's whimsy kind of permeates and it's just joy and, you know and, it's just joyful the game is just you know yeah and and this is why the dark gritty mario memes have never really been that like f- funny to me i mean they're they're clever and and like yeah i get it but it's like no that's not what this is like mario's whimsy and you can make him dark and gritty and you can put blood and realistic features and everything but it's like but I don't, I'll, I will never prefer that version. I will always yeah. prefer to think that Mario and Peach and Bowser are gods and that this is just how they entertain themselves in eternity is putting on plays, yep. pantomiming Bowser pretending to kidnap the princess. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agreed. So any other notes? 
No, and I mean, as we, you know, segue in with games of this caliber, uh, no nostalgia goggles required. This game is amazing. If you remember it being good, it still is. If you've never played it before, it's worth going back and playing. Uh, the one thing that I, I think is is interesting about this game is I'm not sure if I would recommend the OG or if I would say to go play the Super Mario All-Stars version because the Super Mario All-Stars version is literally like an HD re-release. It's it's the same music, but without drop notes. It's the same graphics, but with a, a wider palette. I, I don't think any single thing about the game mechanically was altered. So I guess just pick either version and go play it. Like go, just yeah. go, just go play this game. Yeah. If you have not uh, agreed, no nostalgia goggles required. If you have not played this game, go play this game. I mean, it's, I'd be surprised if anybody's really listening to the podcast and it's like, Oh yeah, you know, that's one that I've always meant to kind of check <laughs> out. You know, it's like, it's, it's pretty pretty iconic i mean my parents have played this game because i played this game so much but no absolutely no nostalgia goggles required i feel like that that you know for me at least this game just kind of walked on stage and said this is an amazing game and scene the curtain falls the music plays the credits roll then it all fades to black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you saved the day. 